0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And
1: I'm Landon.
0: And we have a temple update for you today on both of our temples, Heber and Cody, that we're following. And because of that, we have the amazing Lisa Behash from Heber with us today. How are you, Lisa? I'm great, Rebecca and Landon.
2: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the chance to give everybody an update.
0: Oh, we're really happy to talk about this and find out what your group is doing. And we love your background. It's so festive and Christmassy. I just, I feel like warming my hands. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we will start today. In this episode, we are going to cover both Heber Valley Temple and Cody Temple, because they both have um, things that we'd like to make you aware of. But of course, we're going to talk about Heber first with Lisa. Lisa. So here we have a picture right here of the rendering of the Hebrew Valley Temple, in case you're not aware. And we would also like to say to everybody, we have done several episodes in the past. If you want to follow this entire chain of events, you can go back and we'll link those in the show notes and you can kind of follow along. But our last update, we sort of left you at a point where um, there was going to be a city council meeting. Was yeah, it county. city or county? It county was county court, at I mean, that point. County, county, planning. Planning county Planning Commission. Planning yeah. Commission meeting. And the church had sent out um, a message to all wards and youth groups to get their youth out. There was going to be pizza and ice cream and food trucks right there where the meeting was taking place at a senior um, senior yeah. center. So that's kind of where we left you. That was about to happen. Landon here on the slide has called it a Mormon carrot stick. <laughs> yes. And there were some pictures. Um, I don't have them on these slides of a, a big group that that showed up for that so we'll let lisa update us on what happened at that meeting which was weeks ago and then the action that their group has taken since then so go back to the that's right here we go
2: sure on on october 25th uh the county planning commission uh again reviewed the proposed it's actually going to be an ordinance a law but it's also a legislative development agreement that allows the temple project to be built. And that, that LDA, as we call it, governs the entire project. So, uh, of course, the planning commission approved the LDA. There was one vote against, uh, and we do think that uh, commissioner. Uh, and unfortunately, they asked very few questions and they moved it through. And the next step from there was for the county uh, council then to vote on it. And that meeting was November 8th. Uh, very similar, but without the pizza and the ice cream. <laughs> the, uh, if we sat there again yet yeah, for another five hours, I think, both meetings, five hours, including all the public comment. And um, pretty much the same presentation. So if you go out and you watch either one, you're going to get the, the flavor for it. And um, again, with very few questions, the council voted unanimously to approve the uh, LDA and the ordinance. Interesting to us was at the end of the meeting, just before voting, the council members actually took a few moments each to make their, their closing comments, and it pretty much in my opinion, justified that they are biased, right? They spoke about their faith, their religion, the importance of the temple to that, and then they proceeded to vote unanimously to pass the LDA. Uh, It's obviously not a surprise to us that both bodies passed it. Uh, I would have hoped for more questioning. There's clearly issues around the water uh, under the site. If everybody remembers, there's a Class 1A Uh, aquifer underneath. There are water concerns. The traffic study, we also believe, has not been done appropriately. It doesn't fit the zoning and so on and so on and so on. But not a surprise, but it had to occur for us then to take our next steps, uh, which I think uh, we'll talk about.
0: Yep. And I think I read so much about the kinds of comments and, you know, just person after person getting up and just sharing kind of what you described that the city council and and county council has said too just almost maybe a testimony about why the temple should be there yeah it was it's very interesting because those
2: that were for it were primarily speaking uh from maybe an emotional perspective wanting to be married in the church or have lived here so long or generations of their families being here and they've waited for this moment for a long time and and we can totally appreciate that. Again, we're not against the temple um, in that site, as long as it fits the zoning for that site, mm-hmm. or in the uh, valley in general, as long as, again, as it fits the zoning. So we're not against the temple. All of their comments were, we want a temple. It's very important. Uh, and so on. All of the, most of the comments that were up in opposition are all about the law. Mm-hmm. Fit the zoning mm-hmm. there's water concerns there's traffic concerns uh perhaps the council should recuse themselves for issues of conflict of interest separation of church and state and so on and so on very uh not emotional so almost the exact opposite uh in the approach of the comments and that was true in both meetings
1: Did did you get the feeling that they wanted to discuss the laws and the zoning requirements or was it just a free-for-all of let everybody talk and we're going to vote what we're going to vote?
2: Yeah, absolutely the latter. There was no real discussion uh, on any point. And in fact, um, our attorneys yet had sent a very long, I think it was 12 pages of why the council shouldn't approve it. Uh, there's another group. They have another attorney, their attorney sent a letter as well on top of all the residents sending communications about why they were for or against it. Uh, but no, there was no real discussion. There were no real questions in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Well, yeah, I think we probably expected that. So, yeah. all right. So the votes went as you thought they would. And as we've been telling all our listeners and viewers all along, you know, this process of getting to that point, and then the citizens group, then they kind of activate and can take action. And so we thought we'd read through this article. It's fairly brief. Um, it's from CPCW, or sorry, KPCW. And the we'll just kind of take turns reading through, and then we'll discuss afterwards. The title of the article is "Residents Sue Wasatch County over Heber Valley Temple Approval. So now at this point, Suits. It's time to take legal action as a citizens group. So um, I'll just read, Landon, you can read them, Lisa. We'll just kind of go through it real quick. Um, residents are suing Wasatch County, arguing the recently approved plans for the Hebrew Valley Temple are illegal. That's the subheading. Uh, since the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announced its plans to construct a temple in Wasatch County in 2021, residents opposed to the plans have been firing or filing legal challenges. Now a group of citizens from Red Ledges, the neighborhood across the street from the temple site, is suing the county, saying its decision at a November 8th hearing was illegal. Want to read the next one, Landon?
1: Yeah, the 18-acre site is on Center Street, just over the Heber City line in Wasatch County. The 88,000 square foot building is expected to reach heights of 200 feet at its tallest point. While other legal action so far has focused on the outdoor lighting ordinances approved in April 2023, this lawsuit goes after the temple plans themselves. It asks the court to reverse and vacate the county's approval of the Legislative Development Agreement plat and Site Plan.
2: Before you change that slide, can you go back? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want everybody, again, I want to point out, that's the plot of land right there in the picture, and you can Mm -hmm. see the local ward or church uh, building there. To give you an idea, the trees in the background there are maybe at their highest 70 feet, okay? So we're talking three times that height, uh, in that area, homes cannot be higher than 35 feet. And that church shown in the picture would be the tallest thing in that that very general area, that very specific area. And I would guess that steeple might be at 70, 60, 70 feet. So
1: okay, so it
2: three, three times, times higher than that.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, the Tipanoga's view is out of the frame it goes it goes across the frame um and that's that's one of the views that will be uh, impeded
1: and lisa just for everybody's uh knowledge can you talk what a legislative development agreement is I don't I don't know that everyone understands why this this vote was really to approve an LDA a legislative development agreement that's it it doesn't necessarily approve the site plan and the temple it approves the LDA is that correct.
2: Yes, that's well which is part of the LDA. Yeah, so so what happens typically if somebody wants to build, uh, they go through the county process for zoning. So this is zoned again ra1 which is residential agriculture one acre lots there should have been you know 13 14 homes on that lot uh, and they should have had one acre uh, uh, area so what would what would normally happen is a builder would then have to go to the county for a conditional use permit. And that, that conditional use says, I'm not going to build our RA1. I want to build something else, in this case, a temple. And uh, I'm asking for permission to do that. And there's exceptions to be able to do that. For example, a church is an exemption. An exemption, you can do it. However, a private, uh, limited membership club is not. So we've pointed out right from the beginning that this project would not pass a conditional use permit, and so did the county attorney in both meetings essentially say this would be highly unlikely to be approved in a conditional use process. That's why they went to a legislative development agreement. So there are administrative development agreements and legislative development agreements. So say somebody wants to build a big Walmart as an example, they would go through the zoning process. But they would have an administrative an agreement. So this would be yes, we're going to bring a Walmart to your area, but we're going to do A, B, and C for the community uh, as a way of investing into the community. They might build a, you know, a rec center or widen roads or what have you. A legislative development agreement, and everybody should know I'm not an attorney. Okay, so I'm giving my my layman's understanding. A legislative development agreement is is done to make it law so the 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 lda um is now an ordinance it's ordinance 23-16 it is a law so they provided for special zoning special approval mm-hmm. special allowances via the lda and then they made it a law uh, okay when there is a standing county zoning process and zoning laws that they should have followed, in our opinion.
1: So, in other words, they changed the law so they could build a temple, and they, it only applies to the temple. It doesn't apply to anyone else except yeah. the people.
2: So, they changed the outdoor lighting ordinance mm-hmm. law. Yeah. They did that uh, in April and March. They changed that one, and then they made a law. They made a law just for the temple which is Ordinance 23-16. So
1: so this argument that uh, the church received no special uh, uh, consideration when they completely changed two different laws in order to allow the temple to be there, laws that had been there for years and years and years, but they changed the law to accommodate the temple.
2: Mm Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that's why the argument here is that it it, it would be legal that what they did is yeah. they're changing the laws to allow one specific uh, applicant to to yeah. build what they want.
2: And, and we also believe that they have not provided adequate information around the no rise certificate, which has to do with the water. Uh, we've Grandma requested that information and have yet to seen it. there's a whole bunch of data that should go with that certification. Uh, we also know that the inputs that were used for the traffic study were not accurate so we don't believe the traffic study is accurate either. So there are a number of issues
0: okay Yeah. Okay. thank you for clarifying that yeah this is mm-hmm. this is very detailed but once you understand it, You understand it. I understand far
2: more than I ever wanted to. That's what I'm trying (laughs) to say.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah, no, that's it. Okay, do you want to read this, Lisa? Uh, Sure.
2: It says those items are invalid and unenforceable because they violate state law, Wasatch County Code, and the general plan. The Temple Plan's use of an LDA rather than applying for a conditional use permit is a key aspect of the suit. And I just basically explained that Mm -hmm. plaintiff's attorney, Robert Mansfield, by the way, Robert Mansfield was at the County planning commission and did get up and, and give a, you know, public comment. Really. Um, So I don't think the County is surprised at all by what is going on. Uh, Robert Mansfield has described the temple project as spot zoning. In order to see this project to fruition, the county really ignored its own ordinances and its own procedures and policies, he says, he said, he said he thinks his clients can make a strong case against the county.
1: That's great. All right. Yeah. So that spot zoning is really spot on i guess yeah it, uh, no i like
0: that phrase that really explains it a special consideration in one spot for one particular group for one particular so, building yeah. and one
1: particular client and it's it's that, that fact that yes they've changed the law in order to do this they've made the accommodations uh that that's really hard to 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 make this statement that they didn't now maybe they can argue it's legal but it certainly is what that that's exactly what that is they changed the ordinances in order to allow that building there
0: yes Yes. okay let me read this last one um i think this is our last slide in the article it says uh we're going to move for a quick judgment on this he said referring back to the attorney we think what the county did is improper and it should be stopped by the court the four plaintiffs uh, did not wish to comment on the lawsuit instead communicating through mansfield The county deputy attorney also declined to comment. A related lawsuit filed by resident group um, Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies to oppose the county lighting ordinances is still pending. In mid-November, the group asked to amend its legal challenge. This week, the county asked the court not to permit the revised lawsuit to move forward. So it's just a big legal battle on all fronts. So help us understand, Lisa, what else is going on?
2: Sure. So um, there are two lawsuits and one referendum all in process. Um, so let me let me kind of explain each one. The, the one we were just reading the, uh, the media story on, that is a lawsuit against or in opposition to the legislative development agreement and therefore the ordinance that was created for it. Um, I do not speak on behalf of that group. We're fully aware of what they're doing and uh, fully support that group. So that is one angle that would uh, obviously repeal or put a stop to the legislative development agreement and the ordinance for the Temple Project as a whole. Uh, I'm a part of Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. We have an additional lawsuit and this is still in opposition of the outdoor lighting. Uh, It can have the same effect because it is an underpinning to the LDA, but also probably more importantly is that that change in outdoor lighting ordinance affected the entire county. So the LDA is is a spot zoning for that little acre, that land we looked at. What they did to the outdoor lighting impacts the entire county and allows for a tremendous amount of light. We've talked about that in the past. So we still feel very uh, strongly that we need to oppose that ordinance and get it repealed so that it can be replaced with something more dark skies friendly or preservation of night skies. And then we are also doing a referendum on the LDA in the ordinance 2316. So this would put the whole project up for vote by the uh, voters and residents in Wasatch County. So um, we filed for that on uh, November 15th. We are waiting to hear, uh, the county has a checkpoint 20 days later for referability and financial and legal impact that they have to do. Once we pass that gate, it's just a few days and we start collecting signatures. And the impact of that would be if we get the signatures we need uh, to have it put on the ballot, then the law in question is put on hold until the ballot, which is November of 2024. And then the county residents get to decide if the LDA, it's essentially on the LDA, is appropriate or not right if if it's voted down so it's repealed then the LDS church can still have a temple but they have to go via a conditional use permit or some other vehicle to do it not the lda that was approved by the county
1: now if they went to an if they went to the conditional use permit let's say you got the signatures and they go with the conditional use permit um, it's the same planning board that's going to review that and vote on it again. Is that correct? And they can it, just waive all of the requirements again?
2: Yeah, it is. I don't know how many of them are up for election next November. <laughs> but uh, You bet we'll know and we'll figure that out. But yes, you're right.
1: Okay. So, yeah, it's a tough. And the court that these lawsuits are filed in, what which court is that? And, you know, again, it's. District Court 14, I believe is the number. District. So state is it a state court? Yes. So we're probably fighting uh LDS judges again. On top mm-hmm. of that, again, you're gonna get all the LDS uh hierarchy uh involved. So it's really an uphill battle, seems like here in Utah to get anything changed because you'd run into the everyone who's made a, a commitment to the church that they're gonna defend that temple. So uh, yeah,
2: well, they've also taken oaths to the Constitution of the United States and the Utah, so yeah. uh, we we'll just have to see, right? We, we're following um, the, the processes that are at our disposal
1: Available, which are yeah. legal
2: yeah. processes, right? And that's what we can do. Uh, we know that unfortunately the project has caused some division in our community. Uh, Not only between those that are LDS and non LDS, but also within the LDS community, because a lot of members don't care for how this project has has been going forward, how the approvals have happened, how the whole proposal came to be and and where it's at. Um, That's unfortunate. However, it's the truth. It, It speaks to, is it the right location and the right design? And I think there are a lot of people that recognize it's just not. And again, we don't oppose the temple. Let's put it up on Highway 40 out by UVU. It's, it's a mm-hmm. perfect location. It would be very prominent. It would be very visible. Um, I think that would be wonderful. In a residential community, it doesn't belong. It just doesn't belong there.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think that's the bottom line. In in fact, go to our next slide. Um, Landon and I, Mormonish, were able to take Lisa and some other friends from Heber on a temple trip to the Orem Temple, which is having an open house right now. And we had a lovely day um, going through it, explaining what a temple is about. I think there's a picture of us on the next slide. Yeah. So you know, again, I yeah. think what Lisa said, we need to make clear, these residents are not at all opposed to a temple, a concept of a temple, what happens in a temple, how people utilize the temple, what the temple means to people. Uh, the point is, you know, put it where put it where it's zoned to go, follow the laws of the land. Would you say that's it, Lisa? Yeah, absolutely. And we had a great day. Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Uh, the tour was outstanding. And then we had some lunch together at and- it was truly informative and educational. Um, so we really appreciated that opportunity. And yeah, it's exactly follow the laws of the land. Um, it's a rather large building to put right amongst the communities and neighborhoods that are no no higher than 35 feet. It just, it's going to be out of place.
1: And and we um, were just talking that uh, the, salt lake just won the 2034 olympic mm-hmm. uh bid for to host the winter olympics again that's right where soldier hollow is where yeah. all of the uh cross-country skiing takes place this is going to be very prominent in uh the olympics it, th- that whole valley yeah. you're going to be able to see this temple from everywhere in the valley uh and and instead of getting a, a an outdoor look-see phil you're going to see this gigantic uh religious building <laughs> sticking up in the middle of the shots that would appear uh, during But that. you
2: would be able to see it better out on highway 40.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which that would be true. lovely. But That is true. Well, and to me yeah. the whole aquifer situation is so interesting and I guess dealing with that would come if ground were broken or how would that work because to me that seems really important
2: yeah it's it's kind of mind boggling right um there are tons of water issues in the whole state and we've reached out to pretty much every organization we could figure out it it seems that fema and the state of utah are more like advising bodies than they are regulatory bodies at least in the way that they've interacted here so I, i'm not really sure what's going to happen obviously they have not begun to dig on that site mm-hmm. Um, they are going to have to do some unique things around a, um, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. What do you call <laughs> that? The, the, you know, the infrastructure that's going into right. the ground, the foundation, the excuse foundation, me, yeah. yeah, the foundation. So we don't know how that's going to play out, but we don't feel or have seen the data that says that the work has been done properly. Um, uh, so it's a kind of a wait and see there if they get past the two legal challenges and the referendum.
1: And of course, all you get to see is whatever the church puts in the application. Mm -hmm. You have no right to get any information from them until you actually, you have to file a lawsuit in order to get the information. If the, if it's not part of the uh, application per se. Right.
2: So we've grandma requested everything that we can from the County. Um, We've, uh, put out into the, you know, the social media area that there should be an independent water study done, uh, independent traffic study done, but it, none of that was undertaken. Uh, we've had members write very detailed letters around what we believe the issues are uh, and so on and so on. And it just to us, it just didn't seem to be taken under advisement because clearly they went in, asked very little questions and voted to approve it.
1: And that, that's got to be quite disappointing or disheartening to you when uh, the, there's such a division on this. It's clearly by the number, simply the number of people who showed up and and take five hours for public comment. And then for unanimous votes, when it's that divisive uh, and the unanimous votes seem to run along religious lines uh, in that everyone's you know a member of the church. I don't know about the one commissioner who voted uh against but uh certainly there's a large percentage we saw the same thing in cody where every lds person involved is voting for There, you know these are very divisive issues yet the lds people are completely voting exactly one way they that that almost seems like it's a foregone conclusion how they're going to vote they're not taking that that Vote or that uh, oath to the Constitution yeah. or to the city or to enforce the county ordinances mm-hmm. that they are putting the religious view over top of it. Otherwise, you'd see at least some division amongst them. Um,
0: yeah, healthy debate, um, debate right? Healthy yeah. debate, healthy yeah.
1: debate,
2: and that's part of our lawsuit. Is there has not been
1: healthy debate.
2: I would invite anybody to go to the county website, look up the November eighth meeting, uh, and and click on media and watch the last 20 to 30 minutes. That's where the council then gets to have their kind of last say or last questions. Uh, you won't see uh, many questions, you won't hear many questions, but you will hear kind of testimonies to the importance of the temple to them in their faith. And again, major, to us, a major issue in why this was, a past, uh, was passed so readily and, and unanimously.
1: Which is exactly the reason we have laws is that so that someone in a majority can't just go and do whatever they want. They're supposed to have to follow the law. And in this case, if you don't like the law, you just change it. It'd be like playing a football game where you say, wow, we're a lot smaller than that other team. Let's make a rule that nobody over... Uh, 150 yeah. <laughs> pounds to play on the uh, on a team. You know,
0: that's a great wow. analogy. I I remember seeing and correct me if I'm wrong a picture of someone on one of the <clears throat> excuse me councils. that was actually at the groundbreaking yes of the temple. Yeah, so a number, again, a number of
2: counties. Yeah.
0: that's mind blowing. They're yeah. sitting on the you know, and we're not saying they can't be impartial, but please try to be impartial. You <laughs> know, it does not yeah. seem that it's been that way when you see that picture of this individual with the shovel in the ground. Literally attending the groundbreaking of the temple that now he is tasked with looking at objectively to make sure that it fits into the city. It just it seems very confusing to me.
2: Yeah, it was funny at the the meetings. A little piece of humor here. There were a number of people that were either confused in a serious way or a joking matter of whether the county attorney was the church's attorney or not. I mean, you couldn't kind of tell one stopped and one started. Right? It was very. Very yeah. blended. And in fact, the county did the majority of the presentations.
0: Well, wow, that's not funny, though. That's not funny. Your attorney, it should be clear that they're impartial or what they're representing, not that they yeah. possibly represent the other entities. So, wow. Yeah, so how it, can Oh, go ahead, Leonard?
1: It, it is the church's responsibility to show that they conform to the law. It's not mm-hmm. the city's uh, job to tell them how to conform with the law. Uh and represent them yeah that's completely yeah, yeah.
0: So I guess our last question would be, um, how, again, can we help? What can we do now at this point as far as, you know, what can our viewers or listeners do? Um, I guess if the referendum signatures, that's only for people in Wasatch County. So they would be signing that. And I know you've had difficulty um, getting media coverage of this, you know, that's and that's understandable. Um, What what can we do? What can viewers and listeners do? Uh, Can we sign? Can we donate? Give us some information and we'll put any kind of links in our show notes for sure. Okay.
2: Sure. Uh, So as far as the referendum, if if your listeners are in Wasatch County and they're registered voters, they will be able to sign the referendum uh, for sure. And uh, we're going to be sending out some emails here very quickly and also putting it out on our Facebook uh, sites, Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. Um, So that would be great if you're in the county and you want to have a signing party, whatever the case may be. Uh, we have to get a, a large number of, of signatures to get it on the ballot for next year.
1: Uh, regarding- sure the church will donate pizza and ice cream for that undertaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I'm thinking they're not going to do that for
1: us. Uh- <laughs>
2: no, no. Any, you know, if you're a registered voter, you're going to get to vote on it. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't yeah. you want to put it to a vote?
0: Yeah. I um, hope you guys do have a signing party. We'll come out for it. I, th- I yeah. think you should have a, a several get togethers and gatherings like that just to make people aware and make it easy for them to participate. Yeah. Uh,
2: regarding the lawsuit, if you'd like to help with the lawsuit, uh, we'll give you a link to where that somebody could donate mm-hmm. for that. Um we're Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies, so we have one suit that that everybody could help with if they so choose, um, and then uh, we'll see what the other group wants to do. I don't speak for the other group, so um, but that's that's what everybody could do. I mean, as far as media coverage, really now it's it's in the hand of the law. Mm-hmm. We tried not to have to go this direction. Um, You know, our attorneys wrote many letters in the process along the way, trying to advise the county of how we felt that what they were doing was inappropriate. Um, So we've tried in the entire time not to let it get to this, this now what will become a legal battle only. Uh, So it's very unfortunate, but that's where we are. That's where we're at.
1: The, the key to understand here, though, is I think a lot of people saw that vote, they saw that it got passed, and they say, oh, it's a done deal. And it is not a done deal at this Mm-mm. point. You guys could not do anything until they approved it. Now you get your chance to start running it through the legal process.
2: That's right. All we could do before was really, you know, have a, state our opinions, send letters, uh, do surveys, Uh, get media coverage, get information out, grandma requests everything that we could, try to highlight all of the issues on social media to get more and more information out to the community. Um, And outside of the legal uh, issues that have been going on with the outdoor lighting, we had to wait for everything to be passed to see if they heeded any concern or warning. Okay. And the answer to
0: that was no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And there you go. All right. Well, we will definitely include any links um, that can help people know what to do or support in any way. We'll put those in the show notes. And do, do you have any dates or anything for the next? I mean, I guess the next thing is the referendum and then just going forward court dates or you know, I guess you don't know that probably yet.
2: Yeah, So um. so the referendum was probably... There's a few steps that have to occur here. So I'm going to say at least within the next two weeks, we'll probably start collecting oh, signatures. Okay. Okay. And that period goes on for 45 days once it okay. starts. Okay. Um, the county for the lawsuit re- regarding the outdoor lighting, the county did file uh, opposition to our amendment. So we have to respond to that on Tuesday of next week. Okay. And then um, then there will likely be oral arguments on that. And then I'm guessing they'll file a motion to dismiss and then there'll be arguments on that and so forth. So it's kind of, you know, legal processes are not short necessarily. Uh, so we just have to see how it's going to progress.
0: All right. Well, we'll be here. <laughs> we will update everybody because people are following this very closely. I think that we'd like to hope that everyone there who's, who's, you know, opposing this, um, for all the, all those reasons that you've mentioned that, you know, there is support, you know, you may not be able to get media coverage, but there are a lot of people talking about this and, and wanting to know what they can do to help. Do you have any final thoughts on this Landon?
1: Um, I just wanted to say, uh, we had such a great time at yeah. the, at the Orem open house with you guys. And, uh, so we, we just wish you the best luck and, and yeah. hopefully everyone can pitch in and, and help to, to make this right. Yeah.
2: Yep. And and thank you. We really appreciate all of the coverage that you're uh, that you're giving us and the time you're taking to understand the situation and really helping us. So, thank you so much and happy thank holidays if we don't talk before then.
0: Yeah. For yeah. sure. Happy holidays. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank, thank you. you. Lisa. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now having talked to Lisa about Heber, we are moving on to the Cody, Wyoming temple update because there has been an article in a couple articles i think in the news about the latest info on cody so let's go to our slide
1: yeah and again i think this is similar to heber everyone oh they had the vote it's over and that's Mm -hmm. not the case there are multiple lawsuits that have to be uh determined here uh so both of these temples are still uh, in the fight here. So.
0: Yep. The ground has not been, well, it's been broken. Of course that happened like a year ago, but the construction has not started. And it's a good point because I think a lot of us don't understand the legal process. Exactly. You know, all these, all these votes and things, there's nothing that these residents in either place can do until it's a done deal on the side of the city. And then legal action starts from their perspective. So It is not a done deal. There's still a lot that's going to happen. It's still going to be a long process. And there's still a lot of ways for all of us to get involved. Um, And of course, this article
1: that came out in the Cowboys State Daily um, is pretty uh, telling uh, that they're they're definitely uh, pinching some nerves there in Cody with uh, uh, what the information that they found. If you remember last time on our update, we presented uh, they'd done a, a grant grandma request and gotten uh, thousands of documents uh, between the city planner the city attorney and some of the conversations they've been having and it became apparent that the city planner was communicating with the church behind the scenes he was giving information directly to the church and not answering questions that the that the council was given it also appears that uh, he may have let misled the council and the council mm-hmm. was definitely, uh giving back and forth saying i don't trust this guy i'm not sure Mm -hmm. we're getting right information they were questioning whether the information provided by the city attorney and the city planner was accurate uh and then even the the people on the board that were members of the church who thought he'd voted didn't know how he'd voted until the uh until the city planner made a uh a determination that, Oh, I got, I felt the spirit and I got goosebumps. And I felt that, uh, that they had voted for the temple. And, uh, he he kind of took the vote and said, this is what it means. And, uh, obviously they, they don't agree with that. So, uh, they filed a a lawsuit and now we've got uh, multiple lawsuits out there that have to be resolved, uh, as part of this. And if you remember also the city planner, uh, one of the members who donated the land also, uh, made an offer of employment to the city planner mm-hmm. uh, that if this all falls through don't worry there's a job here waiting for you and although the yeah. city planner says i never responded to that i never accepted that uh, it still is showing that there's a, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that this should not have been going on it, it would appear and that's what uh that's what this article's about because now as you can imagine the church is fighting saying we don't want those public yeah. records admitted and the city is also saying we don't want those records admitted yeah. because the, it makes the city, uh, it's their employees that were doing this behind the uh, behind the scenes and so it's, it looks yeah. bad on all of them and so now they're trying to fight to not let these records get admitted so.
0: Exactly. And that was one of the most surprising things to me as I read through the article that we're going to read through is that, wait, the city has joined with the church um, to not have these records um, included in the court. And it's exactly what you said, Landon. Um, It looks like mishandling, um, bad form. you know, some negligence. And so obviously they don't want these to come out. And I will say this picture of the temple is the picture that was included in this article, because I know some people are going to say they put the wrong picture up. This picture is not the Cody Temple because the Cody Temple has not been built yet, but this was associated with the article in the Cowboy Estate uh, Daily, so yeah, we this already is probably know. probably
1: the, uh, <laughs> the, the temple uh, the Casper, I think. Uh, yes, it's
0: a similar picture, similar but I just to want temple, to make sure yeah. because we get so many comments when we try to give a representation. That's not right, you know. Yeah. Well, this was in the newspaper and it's just giving, uh, giving it an idea. So let's just read through this. Let's just take turns. Um, I'll read the first page and then you can go to the second But again, um, now the legal process has started, and the first thing that's happened is the LDS Church is saying, as the headline says, LDS Church doesn't want 4,000 public records admitted into the temple lawsuit. And these records were requested by the residents and um, through Freedom of Information, and there was a lot of information as Landon detailed. So um, the blurb says, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints said during a Monday court hearing that it opposes having nearly 4,000 public records and 19 affidavits added as evidence to a lawsuit opposing the church's planned temple in Cody. And we can attest that there is that much information, can't we, Landon? Because we, we went to Cody last month, or was it a month and a half ago? We talked to the residents, and they are combing through these documents, you know, meticulously. And they're looking at everything, and, and there's a lot of information though, that needs to be gone through. But uh, whether or not this information can be included in the court case whether it will be admissible that's what according to this article the church and the city are trying to stop
1: well and obviously they couldn't put it in the lawsuit uh, uh, originally because they didn't know about them yet they had to request them the city Mm -hmm. took their time getting them to them yes and then when they finally did get them they had to go through all four thousand of them so there's no way they could have included it in any of the process along the way, because they didn't have it at that point. Correct. But, however, the city had this information. The church yes. had this information, but the residents did not. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doesn't want nearly 4,000 public records added to a lawsuit opposing its construction of a controversial temple in Cody. Representatives from the church, the city of Cody, and a neighborhood group opposing the project argued Monday for and against the submission of public records detailing communications among city officials about the proposed temple before it was approved. Both the church and the city don't want the records, which are being introduced into the lawsuit by a neighborhood group seeking to block construction of the temple.
0: Yep. In September, the city provided a dump of nearly 4,000 public records related to Cody Planning and Zoning Board and city staff communications about the temple. 72 days overdue from the original records request. And that's what Landon mentioned before. And in our talking to the residents, it's true. They put in these requests, nothing happened, nothing happened. Um, It seems like they definitely took as much time as they possibly could legally to get these records out is that how well, you saw it
1: they actually took 72 days more than they uh yeah. legally are supposed to have taken yeah. uh, so again uh you know something it, it appeared that they did not want them to be seen and of course they were all uh reviewed by the city attorney who is one yes. of the people who is part of this uh uh I don't know he was part of the process that they're yes. complaining about so um yep
0: yeah. Uh, The public records reveal that multiple members of the Cody Planning and Zoning Board suspected the city planner and attorney had conflicts of interest with the church that influenced the advice they gave to the board about the LDS temple project. And and really, if you haven't watched our episode um, prior to this, this is where we really dig into it because they, the board really did not get the information that it needed and able to make a vote. And as Landon mentioned, even after the vote, they didn't understand what they had voted for. And these records, emails and texts, I think back and forth say, what did we vote for? Did we vote for the steeple height? Did we vote that they could just start building and we'll vote for the steeple later? It was very convoluted and they relied on the advice of the city planner and the attorney to guide them through the process as as a a lay board, I guess you would say. And even after the fact, they they didn't understand what they'd voted for. And it wasn't until the city planner said, you know, I've kind of, you know, thought through the information. And yes, we did vote for this, you know, like you said, a burning in the bosom. Right. So again, it just, and
1: that's his words. He, he literally wrote to one of the LDS board members and said, last night I received a revelation that this meant that the temple could be built. And I got goosebumps from the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit. Yeah, yeah, those are
0: his words. We're not we're not being facetious like we sometimes are snarky and, and making a joke about that. This is what the city planner wrote. So, again, I can see why they would work very hard to try to not have this admitted into any court proceeding. All right, let's read the next one.
1: Yeah, the 101 foot tall temple had already been approved a month prior by the planning and zoning board before the release of the records. Kendall Hoops, an attorney representing the church, said Monday that the records are being introduced to uh, collaterally attack a decision made by merit of the board, rather than target whether the board was legally allowed to make the decision it did. The neighborhood group's motion is not supported by law, Hoops said, they are attempting to do in a stay, temporary injunction, what they couldn't do on appeal. Hoops said the communications do not approve bias or conflict of interest on the part of the city staff, as the neighborhood group has concluded. Now this is ridiculous. They didn't get the records till 72 days after they were due, which is the time frame in which the vote occurred. Exactly. And now they're saying, well, the the you know they too late. they they should have been introduced then when they didn't even have them yet.
0: Uh, The other ridiculous thing I see here is that, you know, they're saying, oh, these records are used to collaterally attack a decision made by the merit of the board. No, the records are to show that that decision made by the board was very confused and influenced, um, given information that might not have been correct.
1: It shows the board didn't even know what decision they were making. Exactly. They were voting to pass it without the 101 foot temple. Yes. And then the city planner told them. In fact, they said specifically they were told that, that if they voted mm-hmm. yes, that it was approval without the, the tower. And then after they voted, the city planner came and said, nope, it included the tower, it's passed. Um, so that all goes to how it got passed uh, and, and is vital to to the uh
0: yeah. And I guess it is is—it is very convoluted. I know it's hard to wade through it. But again, a lot of it has to do with the height of the tower. And that being a separate issue, the board thinking it was a separate issue and thinking, okay, we'll just vote that, yes, they can build a temple there. We'll revisit this height of the tower. They were uh, led to believe that's kind of what they were voting for. But then it turned out, no, they were voting for the whole temple, everything, the tower, all of it, which is what they they didn't understand.
1: And this was because the church had filed a conditional use permit, Mm -hmm. and then the city planner made a determination. They didn't need to do that because his interpretation of the tower was that uh, it didn't count as part of the roof height. The board was questioning that, saying, no, we think this should be included. They said, well, vote for this and it won't be passed. Well, the church, the city planner basically, my understanding, is told the church, go ahead and pull that because you don't need it because yeah. I interpreted it that it's not included. So they pulled it. And then the county, when they voted, he said, well, they would pulled that. So now you're voting on what they you're not voting on a conditional use. You're voting on uh, it the way it was originally introduced. Um, and yeah. so that that's what really ticked off the uh, the members of the board.
0: Exactly. Bottom line, in complete layman's terms, it was tricky. It was Weasley and the people on the planning and zoning board did not understand fully what they were voting for. And you should never vote. If you, if you don't, if you don't understand. And I think I remember from two episodes ago, even one member of the board, you know, felt extreme pressure. It was trying to say, I don't understand this. And there were some, I think this was also revealed in the grandma, wasn't it? Um, Some almost threats that, you know, you personally will have to go to court and defend why you voted this way. Am I remembering yeah, that yeah, right? The
1: city planner yeah. had, had told them you're going to be required mm-hmm. to defend mm-hmm. this decision mm-hmm. uh, because I'm telling you that, that, that it doesn't count as part of the height. And if you hope right. that it does, then you have to defend that. And you're yeah. responsible for the city having to spend this money to defend themselves. Yeah.
0: So that's frightening, you know, to just a lay board member who's going, I don't understand. Can't I say I don't understand? No, you can't. I've told you you need to vote. (laughs) So, and again, this is very simplistic the way we're describing it. Um, But yeah, just bad practice, I think all around. So um, it was a very broad and, and construed as such who said, he also mentioned how Cody city planner, Todd Stowell openly admitted he is a member of the church at the start of the project's approval process. So are they saying there that because you state that you are um, then you, there's no need to recuse yourself. Is that what they're trying to that, say? That sure
1: seems to be what he's arguing, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yes, okay. He admitted he's a member of the church. Did he admit that he'd taken an oath to the church that he would <laughs> give everything with which he had or which the there Lord we go. may
0: Yeah.
1: Bless him with to the giving of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't think yeah. he'd made that clear.
0: No. Uh,
1: did he tell the board that he was giving information to the church? And communicating with church leaders behind their back and not including them, I don't think he made that clear. And we also had one of the board members uh, who did recuse themselves because who was not a member who recused himself because he ran a a company, a surveying company, Mm -hmm. and they were hired to do the surveying. So he had a interest in the in the outcome, and so he he recused himself. Well, he admitted up front that he had right. an interest. They didn't say, "Well, since you admitted it, go ahead and, and vote."
0: Yeah, you can stay on the board if all you have to do is say, "Yes, this is my interest," um, and then that allows you to stay on the board regardless of what your actions are. So, yeah, I don't think people realize—I um, <laughs> don't think people realize how invested um, the LDS members are in their religion and furthering their interests. So yeah, absolutely. A, a normal it- person is not going to not going to recognize and so for that this, but, yeah. for this
1: church spokesman or attorney or whoever he is to to downplay that that's ridiculous because i i can guarantee you he knows exactly what that guy has committed that, that yeah. he would do for the church and yeah. in fact he's probably reminded him several times during the process that you know your duty as a as a mormon is to make sure that this gets through yeah. you know
0: i know so. do your duty mormon there you go All right. It's a heated issue. Sorry, we're getting heated too. We're (laughs) trying to be level headed, but yeah, we having dealt with these residents, you know, they're just wonderful people and they have absolutely no objection to a temple being built in their town. They just, again, like Heber are saying, please follow the existing city ordinances, please. That's all we're asking laws of the land. Okay. The plaintiffs opposing the temple preserve our Cody neighborhoods also have requested that expert testimony from a paid consultant from Nebraska and 19 affidavits from home homeowners living near the proposed temple site also be included as evidence for the temporary injunction hearing so let's bring someone impartial in let's have someone look at this you know let's 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 take into consideration the affidavits from people that will be impacted that are right there and we've been there we've driven through there we've seen the neighborhood and it's a huge impact there's no way to downplay that one you go there and see the site um, they have argued the evidence should be allowed because of the likelihood of winning a temporary injection to halt the temple and the irreparable harm they will suffer if the temple is built
1: yeah and and i've actually seen the uh, consultant uh from uh nebraska and he basically uh was a a, a planner or architect who went in and, mm-hmm. and looked at the steeple and said, "No, this is not supported just by the roof. It, it mm-hmm. clearly goes down into the building and and should be counted as part of the height of the roof." Uh, this interpretation by the city planner is faulty, um, yeah. and and he he specifically states that in his in his recommendation. That's what they're trying to get implemented in there is is that no, this was being questioned. The city planner was being questioned about this, and he was trying to find a way to make this work. Uh, so that it didn't have to go through the the special permitting process.
0: Right. Because there's a difference. Um, If this tower, I love how they call it a steeple. It's not a steeple. It's a tower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If the tower is, an integral part of the building, like Landon said, built down into the infrastructure, then it is considered the building. If it's just something that's attached to the roof, you know, there's no way to go up in it. It's just more like cosmetic. Maybe is that how you would look at it? Then that's something different. Then you can attach that and not count that as part of the building. Well, this is clearly built into the infrastructure. There's steel that goes up and down in the plans. And we've seen other temples like that. There's access to it, I believe, I,
1: I think they can get in there to change the lights and stuff um okay. but the what the what the, the planning board clearly had seen it they'd looked at the code at the uh, Casper temple mm-hmm. which is similar and they saw the steel structure and they said this is not sitting on the roof this mm-hmm. is clearly supported by the steel below it um right. and and they questioned it and they kept asking we want to bring this up and they were told they weren't allowed to bring that up right um that I guess the city planner had already ruled on it and they weren't allowed right. to question that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was one of the issues that was being discussed during the process.
0: Right. Which which is why they believe they were misled. They based what they were doing on the information from the city planner. And here's some more independent um, analysis of it says, no, what he was telling you is not correct. It's not how it is. So there should be some recourse for for that. even if you all voted you voted on bad information misinformation maybe purposely being misled you should be able to vote um you should be able to have that addressed
1: of course the problem for the city here is is their their board was misled by their employees um which makes this uh difficult so um the church argues that the public at large and specifically the neighborhood group already had adequate chances to oppose the project over a series of public hearings held last summer Hoop said allowing in new evidence now would negate the authority of the planning and zoning board and that the case shouldn't be allowed to go to trial or have new evidence. If the court takes in new evidence and considers it on its merits, it defeats administrative review and usurps the body. He said, again, ridiculous because number one is that meeting was supposed to be held on a certain date and the city. The church asked for it to be moved. The planning and zoning commission said, are they even allowed to do that? And the city planner refused to answer their questions and went yeah. ahead and moved it anyway. Yeah. Um, so
0: and the, let let bishops and stakes know and let about bishops it and stakes before, know so they, before yeah there he was let a letter that, know that it read. had been
1: canceled. Yeah, it just and, <laughs> and to say if the court takes new evidence and considers that well this it was not evidence that they even knew about at the time of mm-hmm. this. And let's keep in mind that the church itself sued the city. From the beginning, because they didn't agree. So they didn't think that the planning and zoning board decision should go forward uh at that time. And now they're all of a sudden saying, Oh, no, no, now we should let it go. Yeah, now it's fine. Yeah, now it's fine. So
0: again, <sighs> the... our blood pressure is going up. I yes. can feel it, you know. <laughs> it's just boy. All right. Uh the legal precedent. Um Sheridan attorney Deb Wetland, um, no, Wetland. Representing the neighborhood group argued that the evidence could be allowed if Johnson County Judge John R. Perry determines that misconduct or fraud was engaged by someone in the administration of the law. Both sides referenced a 1972 legal battle in Goshen County over the consolidation of school districts. This case seesawed between district courts to the Wyoming Supreme Court and back again to the district court. One of the determinations made at the Supreme Court level was that the district court should have allowed supplemental evidence to be considered.
1: So it looks like they've got precedence on their Mm -hmm. on their side for this. Uh, Wentland also argued that the Temple Project could be remanded back to the Planning and Zoning Board for reconsideration if the court rules in the neighborhood groups favor. She said this was the scenario that played out in a 1973 appeal of the Johnson County case and a 1975 case in Fremont County produced a similar result. Wentland requested the evidence also would be something the Planning and Zoning Board could consider in the event the project is brought back for reconsideration. Perry didn't make a ruling of the, on the evidence Monday, but said he will make a decision before Christmas. So we should have a Christmas before uh, a decision before Christmas. That would be the best of cases, is that they send yeah. it back to the planning and zoning yep. committee so that they can make a vote, actually knowing what it is that they're mm-hmm. voting on, mm-hmm. not being misled, and well, yep. uh, well uh, rehearsed in the fact that they can't believe what the city planner is telling them.
0: Yep, that's it. That's exactly right. So we'll find out and we'll update everybody. Um, I guess everyone always asks, you know, how can you help? What can you do? Like we, we discussed with Heber. We'll put some links in the show notes. They have a Facebook presence called Preserve Our Cody Neighborhoods where you can go on there and they have links and they have news articles just kind of detailing what they're doing. Can you think of anything else that we need to add to this as far as Cody's concerned? I think I, we're just kind of waiting right now. We're in kind of a Financial help is pattern. The biggest
1: thing they can mm-hmm. do. It, mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money to fight the church yep. and uh, yep. if you want to make a donation, um, yep. make a Christmas present to the, yeah. to the neighborhood group so that they can continue to fight this. Uh, I'm sure they would greatly appreciate that.
0: Yep. I know. Cause I think we need to make it clear. These are individual citizens that have gotten together in groups and are using their own funds. This is not funded by any outside source. These are wonderful people. Like I said, Landon and I have met and spent time, a lot of time with both groups. And if you go to our last slide, I think we have one more. Yeah. Again, I say <laughs> for both of these, it ain't over. And again, I say the story needs to be told. When you look at the tale of two temples together, you see a pattern, wouldn't you say, Landon? You see the same tactics. And to me, the two stories together um, really mean something. It's very interesting. And I I just wish somebody, again, on a larger scale, a larger outlet would pick this up with the two separate stories being told together and, and kind of assess the parallels and the similarities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that although the scenarios are similar, uh, they're different in that uh, the church behaves differently when they have complete political control of the process versus when they don't have complete political control of the process. Mm -hmm. And when they don't have complete political control of the process, they'll use whatever resources they have inside that to manipulate the system and get things uh, changed. And I think that's important that we look at that, and they're doing the same thing when they do have it. They just are completely able to manipulate the process without any uh, opposition at all because the city attorneys and the city governments are not fighting back uh, against it because they are members of the church. So we need to be careful about who we vote for and who we put yep. into office. Are they going to represent the church, or are they going to represent us as citizens when we put these people on these boards and on in the... Uh, uh, you know the boards are voluntary, but uh, you know the the city government is not. So we got to be careful about who we put in.
0: Yeah, that's very good advice. And I think the saddest part, and you'd probably agree with me on this, is just the what it's doing to these communities. in in both communities it's just literally ripping them apart wouldn't you say it absolutely is and i know there have been articles where they've quoted lds people saying oh we know this is divisive now but eventually we'll all heal so it's sort of this idea that you're willing to sacrifice you know your community to get this in and then later we'll work on damage control and there's just no thought up front about what this is doing i mean some of these i feel like it can't be recovered from in some senses.
1: Well, there's this we, we see cities. over and over this naive uh, opinion among members that oh, everyone in the community is going to be blessed by this yes. great building. Yes, and that's just not true. People who don't attend these buildings have no that there's no value to them. They get nothing mm-hmm. out of this uh, other than their, their views are blocked, their groundwater might be disturbed, their night light uh, is disturbed. That's not a blessing to them. Because it you think it's a blessing to you, does, do not think that that means it's a blessing to everybody else. Um, and, and we need to take that consideration. We realize that, that you believe it's a, a blessing. That's great. That's why nobody's opposing you doing it. Right. Just do it according to the laws and the zoning laws yep. that are already out there. Uh, no one has a right to go in and just put whatever they want just because it's their land. And I've heard that over and over. Well, it's their land. They can do with it what they want. No, No, that's why we have zoning laws. Exactly. You try to do something on your own land. uh, You try to put a shed too close to something (laughs) and you see how quick the city comes out and makes you tear it down. There are rules and we all have to follow them, including the church. So that's the lesson to be learned.
0: That's the lesson. And unfortunately, in both cases, we've seen everyone go to religious persecution almost immediately. And that is not what this is at all. All these residents that we deal with, they all belong to their own churches. Um, They are wonderful people. And they're just asking everybody to obey the laws of the land. And it is not religious persecution because, you know, can't we all get along? I think is what they're all saying. Well, And, and you know, if
1: their church was the one building this, that they would never bend over to to, to, uh, adjust all these laws for another church. Exactly. It's because it's this church.
0: It's because it's this church, and the residents have said. I think was I think it was Hebrew. They no, it was Cody that said, if our church was trying to build something like this, um, we also would insist or say you we do the same thing. Is basically what they say. It's the law versus. Yeah,
1: you need to conform as as well. We don't want our big church in this space either. Yeah. And the difference is, most other churches would. You're not forced to to vote the way they say to vote or to agree with them. You're allowed to say, this is just too big. Why don't we strip it down, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think you saw that in what Lisa from Heber said is that all the city council meetings and the county council meetings, the residents that showed up, they were told to show up. They were read letters over the pulpit that said, go, you know, support your temple. They were told where they could write letters online. And most of them didn't talk anything about zoning. Or the laws, or why it should be there because of the laws. It was all my pioneer heritage, the blessing. And those things are true. Those are those are valid for people. There, I understand why they feel that. But again, this is a legal process. These are laws that we're talking about. It's it not was, in this other realm.
1: And it was your uh it was your ancestors who put those laws in place. Exactly. That you need to zone it this way. Now you're changing it because yeah. of the church that's yeah that's the difference so yeah that's
0: such a good point especially in the, the wasatch back the law with the dark skies has been there for two decades and within one meeting it was thrown out and now anyone can build anything with no dark sky requirement there in the wasatch county yeah. so i don't know how your ancestors would feel about about that i'm not sure but Again, it's a very heated issue. There will be more coming up. Please comment and let us know what you think. Have you ever had a temple being built in in your town? A lot of temples are built and there's absolutely no problem. I should say that too. I'm right now looking out the window at a temple and it went into our neighborhood and there was no issue because it met the zoning requirements it met the height requirements. And and there it is. I can see it every night lit up from my window. (laughs) Anyway, so comment, let us know what your feelings and thoughts are about Heber, about Cody about temple building in general, or if you have a personal experience with this. And of course, like and subscribe to Mormonish. And if you'd like to know when new episodes are coming out, you can hit that notification bell and you'll be made aware. And then if you would like to donate and um, help Mormonish and its uh, costs um, behind the scenes, we have links in our show notes to PayPal and Venmo where you can donate to help Mormonish. And of course, we will also put links so that you can help support Heber and Cody too in their in their fight I shouldn't even say fight should I land in it, it's really just trying to encourage the laws of the land to be followed although we feel like it's a fight right we get really yeah. emotionally invested in it so anyway thank you again everybody from Mormonish and we'll update you again as soon as we have new information thanks everybody thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish we really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.